0: You know by that theme music, you know what this is. It's a new episode of Dumb Stupid Talking. I'm your host, Lucas Shea, and I'm joined by my sister and co-host... Devin Shea. There we go. We did it right on time. Yay! (laughs) No overlap or anything. Okay. So, uh, oh wow, big show today. We have a guest. I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Louis C.K., famous comedian and uh, public masturbator. Her. Um he is gonna come on to discuss the topic is show the world what you're made of. <laughs> and uh has not can't oh, wait, what? Um producer's handing me a note.
1: Cancelled? I guess he didn't want us to see what he was made
0: of. Uh, okay. I am sorry about that, folks. I uh, it was all good up to a few so- minutes ago. I don't know what happened. It was it a- was it the public masturbator line? I thought it was, like, well-known. He likes to do that. I don't think Did he that was storm
1: out? Did he storm out of the studio? That's probably what happened. Oh,
0: man. All right. Well, sorry about that, everyone. Um, he canceled. We will try to reschedule him. Maybe he had an emergency. I don't know. Zipper got stuck. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, let's just move on with the show. Uh, okay, we have a good starting one. off. We have a good yeah. one today. We do? Okay, we good. We do. As opposed to all the others. All right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, my review, um, a show called The Morning Show. It's on Apple TV, I believe, starring Rachel Green. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, um, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Mm -hmm. Billy Crudup, and a bunch of other people.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, Steve
0: Carell's in it. Oh, I love him. Uh, You haven't... Devin, you haven't seen the show, right? No, I have not. Okay, so uh, two seasons. I assume they're going to do a third season. I don't know. Um, but uh, I was only turned on to the show just not too long ago and kind of binge-watched it over the course of like a week and a half. Um, two seasons, like 20 episodes. So basically, the morning show is sort of a fictional retelling of what the whole what happened with Matt Lauer um, mm-hmm. and the whole – me too movement um steve carell and jennifer aniston are these famous uh, hosts of a morning show called the morning show um and they've been the host for 15 years and then it comes out that steve carell's character um has been fooling around with you know multiple women and uh, allegations that he's used his position to not not rape women but harass them th- yeah, Coerced. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> kind of like the, the Matt Lauer thing where uh, it was kind of like they were, you know, they were like interns or they were, uh, you know, sort of you know, lower level and kind of felt like they had to or felt like it was expected of them kind of thing.
1: Oh, not Steve Carell. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> he wouldn't do that.
0: Okay, well, it wasn't Steve Carell. It was a character oh, yeah. he was playing. So yeah. um and, and I think the whole show, of course, goes into turmoil. And a lot is like – it's like what happened with Matt Lauer, except yeah. it kind of shows you Steve Carell's point of view. I should say his character, which uh, – what the hell was his name? Oh, Mitch. Mm-hmm. He plays Mitch. Mm-hmm. See? It's not Matt. It's Mitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, there's there's a lot going on. There's There's the whole – story of jennifer anderson's character did she know what was happening was she involved did she look the other way uh what about the higher ups of the network billy crudup is this guy who's kind of come in he's like this young upstart kind of guy who's well i mean not that young but he kind of comes into he's trying to salvage the show and uh, reese witherspoon is like a local tv reporter who She becomes famous on Twitter for having this outburst about something else. And then they invite her on the show. And then eventually she winds up becoming the co-host with Jennifer Aniston. And she has her own sort of point of view. And she uh, has her own family drama. Anyway, the question, of course, is, is the show any good? And And did you,
1: is this just one, the first show? Or is it you watched the whole season?
0: I watched the whole two seasons. Okay. So 20 episodes. Okay. The show is good. In the way that a train wreck is good. Oh. Okay, uh, that sounds bad. Let me put it this way: you know how you watch a soap opera and you go, "Wow, this dialogue is like really kind of shitty." <laughs> <laughs> well, not always shitty. I mean, you laugh, you kind of like get into. It. I mean, you get you get a, you get addicted to a soap opera, even though you're like, okay, the acting is a little over the top and the writing you know, seems to be like really like off the wall sometimes. And the characters Mm -hmm. are constantly making the wrong decision. Like Uh if the characters got got a choice between doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing, you know, they're going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And that's kind of the way this show is. Mm -hmm. At one point uh, I turned to the GF that stands for girlfriend. Uh And I said, I said, it's like every character in a show hates each other because they're always bickering. They're always fighting. They're always stabbing each other in the back, but it's really entertaining to watch.
1: Wait a minute, kind of like our family, right?
0: Yes, kind of like our family. Well, kind of Uh like probably most people's families. But yeah, Uh I guess our family more than usual. So, Uh yeah, I I enjoyed it. Uh, The acting is okay. Look, no one's... Well, I think Steve Carell actually won an award for the show. Oh, good. Or maybe he was nominated. He's good because they don't actually write him off in the first episode like you think they will. Like, you're like, okay, well, his character's off the show, and he's, like, been uh, defamed... And that's they're done with him. But no, you actually get to go back and, and kind of watch him. Sort of in the first season, it's more about his anger and bitterness because he's like, "I didn't do anything wrong." So yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so what? So I, I had multiple affairs. It doesn't make me a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, it's not like just me. And mm-hmm. and then the second season is more about. Trying to do a sort of a redemptive arc for him, mm-hmm. um, which look I I've talked to some people who watch the show and they you know it's kind of like well like, he's an asshole he, he he's he's never going to be a sympathetic character mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of understand that um, so is the show any good I don't know mm-hmm. that the show is good but it sure is entertaining mm-hmm. I, I would definitely watch a third season if they come out with one Jennifer Anderson is spends a lot of her scenes yelling at people <laughs>
1: well
0: and having sort of breakdowns and um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's entertaining the way a, a a soap opera with a big budget would be entertaining in fact it kind know. of reminds me a little bit of like the old shows like Dynasty in Dallas where they had oh. like bigger budgets than a soap opera mm-hmm. and they could do bigger things but you're like do people really act this way Was well, this is really the way somebody would kind of handle this situation Okay, but I got to say, Lucas,
1: you're not selling me on this series,
0: (laughs) even though it's entertaining.
1: Yeah. How entertaining? You know, if I want to listen to a bunch of people complain and bitch at each other and have fights, I can just go to a Thanksgiving dinner at the family's, you know. Um, I don't know. Just I would watch it for Steve Carell because I really like him as an actor. As I've never seen him in something that I hated. Um, Jennifer Aniston Okay, this is my personal opinion. I don't think she's a great actress. Um, Reese Witherspoon I love, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It, it, you're just not really selling it. So, like, does anything really, like, interesting, fun, horrific happen? Or is it all just, you know? Probably
0: all those things. Uh, all of those things. Uh, okay, Jennifer Aniston, is she a good actress? No. Uh, no, there's, there's plenty of scenes where she's supposed to be crying and no tears are coming out of her eyes. So she's yeah. not the type that can cry on, on camera, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that as a, an insult to her. I'm sure I couldn't do it. But there were times when she was supposed to be crying and really upset. And I was like, this like her face is completely dry. <laughs> yeah. uh, and compare that to Christian Bale, who I heard is such a good actor that he could actually sweat on cue. Oh my god. Um yeah, I I, yeah. I heard this interview with the director of uh, American Psycho and uh-huh. uh, the the business card scene where they're all showing their cards and yeah. he gets really upset because Paul Allen's card is like much better than his.
1: Oh, I remember and that. He, yeah.
0: And he and he starts to sweat, and one of the other characters in the scenes actually says to him, Patrick, you're sweating.
1: The mm-hmm. director
0: said he he actually started sweating during the scene. Like he was so into the 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 role. Mm-hmm. It was like he he it on sweat. you.
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> so yeah, how many
1: so, times could he do it? That's what I'm
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing they didn't have to redo the scene. Probably so didn't. They were
1: probably like, but, "Wow!"
0: Yeah. But that's that's really something. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was like pinching himself under the table or something. I
1: don't know. <laughs> you never know.
0: I don't know. I, I, look, the show was entertaining. Is it uh-huh. well written? Is it great? Is it like highbrow drama? No, it's 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 brain candy. It's just uh-huh. just watch it to be entertained, and there's lots of twists in the plots. And it's like, uh, did she know? Well, maybe she did know. Maybe she didn't know. Are they gonna find out that she knew? You know, it's that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. How is this person gonna save their job? what's Steve Carell going to do? Like, is he going to come back? Is he going to like get revenge against everybody? Is he Mm -hmm. going to ever redeem himself? You Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. And then well, the second season, the interesting is that the first season takes place before the pandemic. The second season actually works the pandemic into it. It actually is starting as the season starts and they actually kind of go into the outbreak uh, of COVID and how it affects the show. And Mm -hmm. I, I found that all kind of interesting. Actually a TV show actually like worked that into the plot. So no, still not into it. All right, well whatever.
1: Not into it. Sorry. Uh maybe other people might be, but <laughs> I just think, you know, I've got I'd rather watch some RuPaul. <laughs> now you got drama there. You got you know, you got the good guys, the bad guys, the, the talented ones, and the non-talented ones. You got people where you're like when did they know that this person was actually a perv and had to be kicked off the show? Hmm. When did they know that this other person was stealing stuff from the set and was ended up kicked off the show? See, that's drama. And and that's really stuff that happened, <laughs> really happened on RuPaul's Drag Race. So anyway.
0: Anyway. Uh, Uh, I don't know. So that's my review. Take it or leave it. I don't work for the show. It's not like I'm making any money off of it. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will watch a third season if they come out with one. Okay. All right. I didn't sell it. All right. Oh, uh, I did have a question to answer. Someone asked about the title of the show, Dumb Stupid Talking, and why it's called that, even though I explained that early on. Um, Should I go over it again?
1: Yes. I think people need to be reminded
0: okay why is our show called dumb stupid talking no oh, i'm supposed to answer that yes. um okay my son when he was in kindergarten had a arch enemy uh, she was the little girl who stole a couple of his crayons and from that point <laughs> on the two of them did not get along and they would kind of bicker and um sort of pick fights with each other verbal fights i should say mm-hmm. and one day She was talking to another girl that she was not supposed to be talking to because the teacher told both of them they had to stay separated. So my Mm -hmm. son, wanting to stir the pot a little bit, went over to her and said, you know, you're not supposed to be talking to her. And this girl said to him, I don't care. And my son said, well, I don't care that you don't care. And she said to him, I don't care about your dumb, stupid face or your dumb, stupid talking. And he told this story to me later on in the car, and I laughed and he laughed and he even admitted to me, he's like, dad, that was pretty funny. And then <laughs> ever since then, anytime I mentioned it to him, I was like, you remember when she said to you, but he starts laughing again. So it, it um, still makes me laugh. It's funny. So I thought it was a, a great phrase, dumb, stupid talking. And I thought it was a great idea for a name of a podcast because that's what podcasts are. They're just a bunch of dumb, stupid talking. Yeah. No, we're not dumb and we're not stupid. But we're talking. I haven't seen the reviews yet, but maybe people will say (laughs) that about us. That's why it's called Dumb Stupid Talking. Okay. 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 Uh, Moving on. Uh, Commercial break?
1: Yeah. Commercial
0: break. maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We only got one so far. We only got one sponsor, but it's the the best sponsor. Vintage City Publishing. I love this publisher. I finished Kill Your Heroes. Devin, I know I'm going to send you the book, but look, I haven't made it to the post office yet. (laughs) <laughs> so, so uh maybe I can get the I can get the publisher to send you a link to the ebook. That'd you would great. love it. I know right? I know like superheroes are like, eh, come on, another this is really good. It's really entertaining. Kill mm-hmm. Your Heroes by Slade Grayson is from the publisher Vintage City Publishing. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Funny, emotional, good story. I was going to read uh Villains Never Die by Nick DeWolf because it's another superhero book from the same publisher. Mm-hmm. But I started, I picked up Autumn Moon, also by Slate Grayson, because I saw the picture of the werewolf on the cover. Ooh. And, you know, interesting thing, there aren't really a lot of werewolf books out there. Right? Yeah, not anymore. Am any I more. wrong with that?
1: No, no, not anymore. I feel like if more. I go
0: in a store, like, the werewolf is my favorite monster, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I go in a store and I look for a werewolf book, it's like, okay, here's a bunch of vampire books. Here's yeah. a bunch of zombie books. Yeah. Uh, here's a bunch of ghost books.
1: Where are the yeah. werewolf books, right? No, everything's zombie and vampires nowadays. I guess it, we have to go through certain spurts of, right. of.
0: Well, I started reading this book, and this is like the Gone with the Wind for vamp, for not, not vampire, for werewolf books. Uh-huh. Uh, really great story. A lot of characters, and the best part is it's got werewolves in it. So finally, cool. somebody's written a werewolf book. So, you know. Um, anyway, so I started reading that, and I'm into that now. So Vintage Good. City Publishing. They have three authors: Slade Grayson, Nick DeWolf, Timothy Johnson. You should look them up on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I went well over a minute, but you know, yeah, I'm kind of just winging these commercials. So, anyway, that's our sponsor. Um, Anyone else want to sponsor us? Please contact us.
1: Yeah, contact us. Give us anyone.
0: Frito Lay's. My son loves your stuff. (laughs) Could use a box. I don't know. Busting snacks, um, beer. Oh yeah, beer. beer. Dark beer, especially. Hey, Guinness. Corona. Come on. I like
1: I like Corona. Corona. Dark beer. Guinness. Whatever.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, begging's over. All right. So, okay. uh, let's go into um me. You my don't talk? have a you don't have a rant, but you want you have a talk, right?
1: I have a talk. Yes. Okay. I have a talk, and I don't have a review today. But um okay, so my talk is law school how to get into law school and how to get out with your sanity okay okay
0: um
1: so first of all um when you apply to law school um of course for me it was a while ago it was like 20 years ago i was in law school but i remember when you apply you have to give them like a hundred dollars for your application fee so my advice is pick law schools you definitely absolutely want to go to and don't just like blast out a whole bunch of applications figuring well one of them's got to say yes um pick the ones you really want to go to and then apply to them make your your application as interesting as possible Mm -hmm. don't do like um what was that stupid
0: tv movie with
1: uh l do you remember uh lethal something rather talk about
0: legally blonde that's the one okay well it was, okay. a, it was a movie movie it wasn't a tv movie but okay.
1: okay legally blonde don't do what she did which is like you know put perfume on a application paper and pink and just don't do that anyway mm-hmm. who goes to law school and i'll tell you some people go to law school for the stupidest reasons i've ever heard okay like um what? well I've heard my mother's a lawyer, my father's a lawyer, so I thought I should be a lawyer. Another Mm -hmm. one said um, it was either law school or medical school. I had to pick one. This is what you want, right? Your doctor choosing that because he didn't want to go to law school or your lawyer choosing that because he didn't want to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. Another one was, well, it was time for, you know, me getting my master's degree. My parents wouldn't pay for, you know, me to just stay home. So I thought, why not law school? Um, Those are the stupidest reasons I've heard. Don't apply for law school unless you want to be a lawyer. Okay, that's number one. Um, So who stays in law school? And I'm going to tell you, only dedicated people who really want to practice law will do all four years of law school. Nobody else is crazy enough to do it. You have to work your butt off. The grading is difficult. Let me, so let me back up first. Um, Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're applying, you have a plan. I got in because I had applied and they had, I had applied late. They had already filled their quota. And what I did was I got on their waiting list and I called every freaking day to find out where (laughs) I was on the waiting list. And, um, yeah, I don't know if they finally got sick of hearing from me or what. But then um, in August, the beginning of August, they were like, you're in. So I was like, Um, woohoo. So that's how I got in. I got on their waiting list after they told me that they had already filled their quota, weren't accepting any more applications. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just persistent until I got into the school I wanted to go to. Um, So before you go to school, be prepared. And when I say be prepared, I'm going to tell you, attend any preschool sessions that they have. And when I say preschool, I mean over the summer, they have a lot of get together kind of things where they explain some things about whatever your school does and, you know, who's who. Uh, You could be accidentally meeting the dean of the school and you don't even know it. So attend these sessions because they'll explain stuff like that to you. Make sure, of mm-hmm. course, that you've already done the LSAT. You have to pass the LSAT before they'll accept you into school. Um, and to do that, that's actually a pretty simple test. You, you don't have to know any law. It's basically a logic kind of test, kind of like the um, SATs, but it's L- LSAT. Right. Um, so just, you know, I got a study book and I studied and went and took it and did great. So do that, uh, then do your application. Be prepared because if you don't attend those pre-sessions before school starts, you won't know that the first day of class, you need to be prepared. You need to have read any assigned chapters, and you won't know that they've been assigned because you didn't attend any of the sessions. Mm -hmm. But at the bookstore, when you go buy your books, you have to buy them before the first day of class because you have to read them. Um, they'll have listed what the professor has assigned. Now, some professors will assign cor- you know coursework on a group email. So you need to know that. So you're checking that email. So you make sure your email is correct. Because God forbid you show up the first day of class not having read the material, not knowing what the material was even going to be on, because something else most people don't understand about the professors is... They use the Socratic method to teach. And by that, I mean, they look at the seating chart, you know, uh-huh. they, they have you all sign in. They look at the seating chart and they say, excuse me, Mr. Anderson, judge so-and-so of this case, blah, 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 versus blah, blah, blah. Why did he rule in this person's favor? And you're like, um, because he wanted to. <laughs> No, that's not a good reason. And they, he will humiliate you in front of the class. So you have to have already read the material and be prepared because they don't tell you the answer. They don't say, well, look, the judge did this because of this and this. and that. No, they ask you questions
0: so that you come up with the answers. OK, okay? so if you don't know the answer, well, what if you read it, but you don't remember it? You're like, uh, I think, uh, you know, he was in a bad mood that day. So that's why he ruled. Oh, no. And let me tell you, you better have read it, understood
1: it. And you better have taken notes because he's going to ask you particulars. We had, uh, and I found this out the difficult way. (laughs) There was a case of a man who took his car to get Mm -hmm. the brakes worked on. And he took his car in to get brakes worked on. And they said to him, oh, it's going to cost you know so many thousands of dollars to fix these brakes because the drums are are scratched and you need new drums and blah 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 so the guy said well i don't have the money i'm leaving um just put my tires back on forget the brakes i'll you know i'll come back when i have the money or i'll take it someplace else mm-hmm. so they said okay they put the stuff back on the guy left and had an accident because his brakes weren't working so m- my professor called on me and said Who did he sue and why? Meineke. No. Well, let me tell you something. Okay, very funny. He sued everybody. He sued the town. He sued everybody. And why? I didn't know that part. I knew who he sued. I just didn't know why he sued everybody. He sued not only the station owner. He sued his own car insurance. He sued everybody.
0: I understand suing the, the station, I don't agree with it, I think. Mm -hmm. But I understand that because he could say Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have let me leave.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: But why the town?
1: You know, uh, that is actually a very good question. He sued the town because what he did was he wanted the the station itself only had a very limited amount of money. And when he was in an accident, he caused a lot of city public damage. Um, Like I think he crashed into some telephone pole or something. And so he owed a lot of money for the car accident that he had. Right. So what you do is you figure out some sort of reason to sue the people that have the money. Okay. Now it turns out that this gas station or this garage or whatever had been um, rented or leased by a company that had partial ownership by the city for the land that they were on. So. That's why he sued the city too. But he sued the person, the person who left him leave. He sued the person who was working on the brakes. He sued the city. He sued the garage. He sued everybody. But like when the when the professor asked me yeah. why, I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea. Aren't you supposed to tell me why? But no. He wasn't supposed to tell me why.
0: Well, was it okay. in the reading that you were assigned, or was it just something you were supposed to come up with on your own?
1: It was something you were supposed to think about and come up with on your own. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's what was difficult. Okay, so so let me go on because I got more. Sure. So you got to do the you got to get your books before you attend the first day of class. You got to do your reading, whatever reading they've told you, and if they haven't assigned reading, at least read the first chapter and try to understand what it's telling you. Okay. make notes, just notes to yourself. So and so against so and so. This is who won. The judge said this, this, this. This is the amount awarded or this is why he lost. The professors, like I said, do the Socratic method. It's not easy and they will call on you out of the blue. None of this. I'm going to raise my hand because I know the answer. No, they just pick on whoever they want.
0: Um, they tend to go back to the people who don't know the answers like over and over again. Like, okay. Oh,
1: you bet they yeah they want to see who's really serious about understanding this material so okay so get the tools that go with some of the books like if you go in the bookstore they'll have you know legal dictionaries they'll have other legal study aids yeah get some of those if you really need a lot of help get some of those they're mm-hmm. just they're just unbelievably important to have and helpful Get yourself little postcards because that's what I use to keep my notes and and be able to shuffle through real quick. Another thing about law school that most people don't know is that the exams, exams are nothing like college exams. They're nothing like your high school or regular school exams or, you know, they, they don't do pop quizzes, okay? You go all semester long, not knowing how you're doing because the teacher doesn't really give you any feedback. He just asks you questions, have you come up with the ideas, whatever. He might lecture a little bit and just tell some kind of little, you know, anecdotes about different things. Those are important. Write those down. Um, At the end of the semester, you get one test and it's an essay. It's essay tests. They hand you a a little booklet of blank pages Mm -hmm. and then a, a questionnaire there's no multiple choice. There's no short answer. It's all maybe five or six essays. And then you have to fill out that notebook with your essay answer. So that's it. You bring that exam up, you're assigned a number so the teacher doesn't even know who said what on the, um, you know, who, whose exam is whose. So he can't play favorites. Um, If you're the one that's in the front row and you're like, I know, I know, you know, professor, call on me, call on me. And you're kissing his ass after class like, oh, that was such a good talk about so and so. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because you're assigned a number. He has no idea who you are. Then you get your mark after the semester. um, The exams are graded. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's your mark for the whole friggin semester. So if you didn't do well on that one exam, you could have failed
0: out of law school already. So. Could you be a total screw up and like not have, I mean, not answer anything correctly all semester and then at the end you like ace that test? Yes. Okay. Did anybody do that? Or I mean, yeah, maybe you don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, I do know some things. <laughs> I'll get to that at the end. Remember that question. Okay. 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 So, um, all right. Law review. A lot of people going into law school think it's so important to be in the law review and, you know, get that by their name. Oh, I was head of law review, blah, blah, blah. Um. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I personally don't think it's that important. It looks good if you want to be like, you know, an assistant to a judge or something, you know, his court Mm -hmm. clerk or whatever, then that might be really important to have on your resume. I didn't think it was that important to spend my time on law review. I had, I was working at the time and, um, you know, I felt it was more important to spend my time on the actual classes, but they do have study groups, study groups Mm. will form in your classes join them because it'll help to get some of the other students perspectives on what you're learning um sometimes they'll come up with other ideas and and keep notes keep good notes keep outlines one big thing for me that was really hard to believe and understand is whereas maybe in college you were a straight a student maybe a plus plus student you were the best in your school okay well law school um they grade on the bell curve. So whereas you were an A student before, everybody was an A student. Now guess what? You're a C student. That comes as a big shock to people because they go to law school and they're like, I am the shit. I am so great. I know everything. I'm a straight yeah. A student and I study my ass off. And then they get like a C, a C minus on their exam, and they're like, Holy shit, this I can't believe this. I couldn't believe that you know, straight A students were now C students. You have to like work double time, triple time. Mm. Um, another thing is because you're no longer the straight A student, you're now the C student. Some people are sneaky about sabotaging other students in class. Um, we, had, I... we had several assignments where we had to go to the library to look up some legal precedents, okay? And what people would do is they'd get in there first and they would hide the book in the library. So you go and you're looking for a certain, you know, precedent and you can't find the book and you're like searching all over. Somebody has hid it. Somebody has removed it. Somebody has put it somewhere else so that you'll never find it. And then, you know, you're you're screwed unless you can find some other way to look up that precedent. It's not as hard now because you can go online and look some stuff up, but there are legal databases that you would have to pay to get the same information from. And as a student, you don't
0: always have that kind of money. Okay, you know? but, here's, but here's my, here's my question. On that. Yeah. What do you get from sabotaging someone else? I mean, it's not like everyone's applying for the same job when they get out of school. So here's what
1: you get. You were yeah. a C student. Now, other people are failing the class. You are now an A student. That's what you get. By them sabotaging you, they're making their grade better. If you can't come up with the, the answer, you can't come up with the um, information and the, and the study that you need, they're doing better than you. That's all they're trying to do. I've had it where they ripped pages out of the fricking book. And I'm like, this is crazy. Who would do that? I mean, these are law school students. I didn't think, A, that they would steal a book, B, that they would hide books, or C, that they destroy the book so that you just couldn't get the information.
0: But they do. But isn't it pretty obvious who those people are? Because aren't they, aren't they the ones coming back like from the library smiling and then like they have the answers?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and you're like, wait out. a
0: minute. Those
1: I didn't pages are gone. The, yeah, I didn't stake out the library. But that's why I'm saying join a study group because there's also it's good to be in the numbers. You know, if you're off on your own trying to do this, you're going to have a hard time. You can do it because I did it, but it, it's, you're going to have a hard time. So, okay, so you're going to work your butt off. The grading, I think I told you. Yeah. Um, They do have some schools. I'm not sure which ones necessarily. I know mine did. University of Denver School of Law had um, kind of a, they call a moot court, where you go and they have pretend court and you um, are assigned a position. Either you're the DA or you're the um, defense attorney. Sometimes you're the judge Sometimes yeah. you're just in the jury, whatever. But they have a pretend court where they'll take a real case that was really decided at some point and they'll present all the evidence and, and you have to go through all the arguments and everything. And mm-hmm. if you can get on something like that, that is the most valuable experience. We, we actually had a couple of courts where they brought in real judges to sit in, and we had pretend cases, but we would be given the, a set of facts. Like I was assigned the one time a defense attorney, and it was a stupid case. It was it was a pretend case where a woman needed her hair done for some marriage ceremony her son was going through, and so um, the woman that was that owned the shop could not do her hair on the day she needed it done, so she broke in to the shop and. Uh, did her hair herself using the shop's equipment, is this and so based she in on was... a real
0: case because this sounds like the stupidest <laughs> crime ever. <laughs>
1: um, I don't think it was a real case, but but I was given all the evidence that the mm-hmm. prosecution had, and I had to defend the case. Now, one thing they tell you in law school is um, you need to know both sides. So instead of me looking, saying, okay. Well, what, what am I going to say was a good defense? I have to think, what is a good prosecution? What, what would I say as the prosecuting attorney to get this woman put in jail? Because right. then as the defense attorney, I can kind of contradict that. I can go against whatever they're going to come up with. But I have to know. Yeah. So I lost the case, okay? <laughs> there was There's no defense for that. That's all I can say. But I tried to say it was an emergency. And, and the, <laughs> the judge didn't buy that there was a hair emergency. I, I did have another case that I won because uh, this was also a fake case, I'll tell you. I can get into some of the real cases, but I'll get into the fake case first. Um, it was a case about a man had an affair with his secretary and his wife found out. And he ends up murdered and in a fire in his warehouse, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're blaming the um, mistress for the fire, for starting the fire and killing him. And the reason why they are blaming her is they found some male with her name on it that was at the source of the fire. So they were saying, obviously, it was her that started the fire that killed him and she should go to jail for it.
0: Okay, who brings their mail to a murder? (laughs) That's that's (laughs) what I want to know.
1: Okay, so I won the case, but the way I did it was she worked there. She brought her junk mail with her to work, and as she had some downtime, she was going through the junk mail and throwing Mm -hmm. it away. Somebody found that in the trash can and just happened to use that for the fire. So, reasonable doubt, she got off. Yay. Well, yeah,
0: that's the only evidence. That sounds pretty flimsy.
1: Well, they had the wife saying a whole bunch of stuff. She got on a stand and of course claimed it wasn't her. She didn't do it. She she tried to claim she hadn't known about the affair, you know, and that so it couldn't have been her, that mm-hmm. kind of crap. But um anyway, so that was that was that case. I could go on more about real cases that I actually um was involved in as the um I was in El Paso Assistant District Attorney's Office doing some as a student assistant district attorney, because they will let you decide cases there. As long as you're in law school, you can be licensed to work with the uh, district attorney's office in you know whatever whatever place yeah. you are. Yeah. And so I did that for a while. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Anyway, um, so last but not least, let me wind up here because we're, we're running low on time. Buying used books. Should you buy your books used for law school? And I'm going to tell you no. Um, This is a real well, you know, it is a lot cheaper. So a lot of times students are trying to save their money. And I totally understand that. But what will happen sometimes is your professor will tell you, "Okay, read from page 225 to 250 and be prepared to answer some questions, you know, in our next class and you go and your page 210, 20, whatever is not the same in because maybe that book that you have is a previous edition. So rather than the latest edition of what the other students are using. Mm -hmm. So some students had a real problem following along and, um, you know, things change from, from edition to edition sometimes, and especially the page numbers change. So really think about how much, you know, effort do you want to put into trying to keep up with what the teacher's saying? Because sometimes they'll say, okay, turn to page such and such. And you're like looking around what's, what page is everybody on? Because my book doesn't say that page. Um, so selling your books back, do that. Once you're finished with the class, go right to the bookstore and sell that book back. If you can, you'll get some, you won't get, of course, well, if anywhere using- near what you
0: page. I should say, if he or or she is using um, updated text, they shouldn't be selling the ones. I mean, if they're different, they shouldn't be selling them. Yeah. I mean, it's my personal opinion, but
1: that. Yeah. Well, bookstores, you know, do bookstore stuff. Um, Sometimes the teachers or the professor don't put in their request until late in the semester for the next semester. So the bookstore may not know what version, you know, what edition they're going to need. And so they may have already bought back a whole bunch of the previous edition. Um, So they're going to be sitting there on the shelf. And if you're stupid enough to accidentally buy it, they, you know, they're like, well, whoops. Okay. So sell your book if you can, but um, they also do still make good references depending on the book. I have a criminal law book that I still keep. It makes interesting reading. I'll tell you that.
0: Okay.
1: Okay, So sorry. I didn't mean to run over your time.
0: (laughs) It's okay. okay. I don't think we're really on a a time limit. Um, Do you watch the show Suits?
1: No, I haven't seen that.
0: Oh, uh, I've watched a few episodes of that. Um, uh, That's like a nine, I think it's a nine season show about lawyers and a big firm. It's kind of like law, the way the practice was about law. It's yeah. kind of, you know, they it use, is? Like, really? tricks and stuff to like get it. Yeah. But it's all like um, uh, civil law. It's not criminal stuff like, like the practice did. Uh-huh. So I think you might like it. I don't know. It's sounds like I
1: would. Yeah. Oh, I love the law shows. I, um, I love the ones that are good. And I love the ones that are bad,
0: even better. <laughs> I've only seen a couple episodes, but it, it's nine seasons. So it's going to take me a while to get through it. And, you know, I'm kind of pacing myself because why not? The show's not going anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think you would like it. Um, okay. All right. So that's, uh, that's what you should, the do's and don'ts of law school. What was the question we were supposed to get back to? Oh, uh, people who did badly throughout the semester, like getting answers wrong and stuff. And at the end doing well yeah. on the test.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. So um, let me tell you, I, um, I took contract law, not my favorite subject, but you know, right some subjects you just got to take. So I did contract law. And for some reason, uh, I was just really good at it. Um, I skipped half the classes, which you really shouldn't do, because sometimes the teacher mentioned stuff that you really need to know. Mm-hmm. And um, But I, I had issues. I had health issues and other stuff going on. So I skipped about half the classes. And yeah. um I just did the readings and uh, I actually had a friend there that um, would sometimes have notes from the class. And I would ask her if I could get a copy of some of those notes. She gave me maybe half of them Um, again, you know, wanting to make sure she got more than me on the curve for the grading. Um, So we go, I, I forget how long, I think we have like two to three hours during the exam to, to write all your essays and once time's up, time's up. Um, So we go and (laughs) It's exam time. For the exam, I drink yeah. a, bottle, a bottle of Coca-Cola. I eat a Hershey candy bar. Uh-huh. I go in. I sit down. I get the exam. I get the, the booklet. By the way, they set you apart. Not that you could possibly cheat, but they set you apart almost like it's coronavirus. Okay, you're, you're really six feet apart from anybody else. Mm. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. Well, after one hour, I was done. I looked through my my book. I couldn't think of anything else to write for my essays. I got up. I was the first one finished. I went up and put my um thing down and I hear this collective gasp from from the the auditorium because they're all like they can't believe I finished in 1 hour. Okay. Yeah. They're like <gasps> so I ga- I didn't realize at the time it made some of them nervous.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And I'm I'm thinking nobody else is done. I'm thinking I have really screwed this up. I have just right. really screwed this up because I missed half the classes and all I did was do the reading and had a couple of notes from from my friend. So I left and um, I scored a B plus on that exam, and and my friend came and told me, um, you know, her and this guy that ha- that usually sat next to her had been talking about it and saying, wow, she finished so quickly. You know, do you think she did well? And the guy said, I don't see how she's going to do well. She she cut half the class and turns out he got a C. So when he (laughs) found out I got a B plus, he was pissed because he took the whole three hours to write out his exam. So, Yeah. yeah, you can attend every class and still get a low grade or you can just, you know, I don't know, be lucky, I guess. But I got to tell you, I wasn't lucky in everything. Some, some classes I really had to work my butt off for. But um, yeah, I got a B plus on that one. So you could, you know, I don't know if it's okay. just some subjects just really spoke to me. I, I sucked at constitutional law. Yeah, it was administrative law was boring to me. But the ones I did really well in were torts, um, contract law. which is kind of funny because I didn't care about contracts. And criminal law. I did my best in criminal law. I loved criminal law class. So I did. I got an A in that one.
0: Well, I love a good tort. um, (laughs) Cherry, especially.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: Okay. My rant is about tipping. Okay. I don't know why this came to me suddenly, but it's something I've been thinking about lately, where I think tipping has gotten out of control. And here's why. I feel like tipping, there are certain jobs where the people don't get paid very well but yeah right. they're expected to bust their ass right right uh waiters waitresses mm-hmm. um delivery drivers sometimes oh yeah uh, you know pizza delivery whatever uh any kind of food delivery you know they're not they're not making a lot of money they're not uh but yeah. so it, they count on the tips to supplement the income cleaning staff sure. yeah maids you know parking valets same thing Mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're running around, they're doing stuff, you know, and you know, you're kind of giving them a tip, like, Hey, look, take good care of my car. Right. Kind of like when you go in to get a meal, like, Hey, yeah. take good care of me and my my guests make sure, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that I think tipping is fine, but I feel like over the years now, tipping has become everywhere. Like it's all inclusive now. Yeah. Anytime you go into a store now to buy anything, there's always like, there's like a tip jar on the counter or when you go to pay for it on the screen, it comes up, you know, do you, do mm. you want to add a tip? Half of the, like, what are you tipping for? Like, yeah. um, Starbucks, you're already paying five fifty dollars for a coffee. Yeah. You're supposed to tip them for what? So they make it better? I mean, that's their job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Their job is to make the drink the way you, you, uh, you know. So what, what are you tipping for? You're already overpaying for coffee. And listen, I, I'm not a big fan of Starbucks coffee mm-hmm. unless they want to sponsor us, in which case I'll drink that shit all day long. I but, love Starbucks. <laughs> okay. I'm not a big fan, but I will uh, go on occasion. I will go get a cup if it's the only mm-hmm. place around. Or mm-hmm. um, Okay. A while back, I'm in a Target. Mm-hmm. They had a Starbucks there. Uh, I was feeling like really drowsy because I was walking around Target. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and that's going to make me, that's going to make anybody tired. So I see a Starbucks. I'm like, I got to have a quick shot of something. Sure. An Americano. I'll I'll go get an Americano. They had a sign up, no tipping. So huh. I said, boy, no tipping. I mean, I wasn't Hi. planning on tipping, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm curious why they say no tipping. So yeah. the guy says to me, he's like, well, we're not really a, officially a Starbucks. We're actually a Starbucks that's owned by Target. So um, we actually get paid more. So they don't really want us to ask for tips. Well, that seems reasonable. Right. So then, is then then is that Starbucks is not paying their employees enough? Then is that what that's saying? Yeah, probably. Because I've always heard Starbucks is like a great company to work for. They'll they'll pay for schooling and they have good health benefits. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. This is just what I heard.
1: I can tell you when when. I go to Starbucks what I would tip for i don't tip oh, yeah, every time okay I don't tip every time what yeah. I do is if I have a bunch of questions you know mm-hmm. like what is this drink? what goes in it? Can I have this instead of that? you know if I'm taking up their time and and they're nice and polite and answering my questions um, mm-hmm. then I'll tip if they I had a drink one time that I tasted. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't like this. Can I change my order? And they were like, sure, no problem. I tipped them. But, you know, um, that's it. If I just pull up and say, give me a coffee, and they give me a coffee, I'm not tipping. But okay. like I said. Well,
0: there's a, a, a pizza place. Now, I've mm-hmm. gone and picked up food from there before. And when I go to pay, there's mm-hmm. a little thing going, do you want to tip? Mm. What am I tipping for? I'm picking up the food, so what am yeah. I tipping for? Am I tipping the the guy that made the pizza? That he didn't what? spit
1: on it. You're tipping that he didn't spit I mean, on
0: it. This is their job. Normally, yeah. I would have tipped the driver if I got it delivered, but right. I don't understand why they're at why they're they're not asking for a tip, but why are they putting the option there? Right. Yeah. Bagel place, similar mm-hmm. thing. If I order a, a sandwich and mm-hmm. a coffee, and I go there, when you when you go to ring it up. Mm-hmm. It comes up on the screen, they have like one of those little like iPad kind of dealies right
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you know if you want to add in a tip, am I tipping the cashier? am I tipping the person making the sandwich in the back who who's yeah. the tip going to right? It's going to everybody they're splitting it okay but, but i
1: I think in that case, it's just the programming in the in the iPad or whatever, and the way their receipts are being charged. I think it's just programming they just haven't taken it out. So maybe if they were like a restaurant where you went and sat down and ate there, and then they had to clean up after you, maybe then you would add the tip.
0: I don't know. Why well, it shouldn't even be an option. Like some of these, like you're not tipping to McDonald's, right? Well, I have heard that yeah. it's a big
1: thing up here and in, in where I'm living. People are getting ticked because a lot of these restaurants are adding in what they're calling a service fee a COVID service fee. They're trying to recoup some of their money from having to, you know, gear back on business during COVID. Mm -hmm. And people are angry about it because they're like, Hey, you know, why am I paying for you to stay in business? You know, you're, you're you're a business. I'm buying the food. Why should I pay that? You were out of business for a year. And, and so they're mad, especially since they had one thing, this is not tipping, but it's similar where these people went and they were given a menu with a list of prices on it. And then when they went to go to pay and leave, the prices were all different on their uh, receipt. And they're right. like, wait a minute, what? this price is different. And they said, oh, yeah, no, you should have asked for the price menu. You know, we've upped our prices. And so they ended up having to pay all that extra stuff, which I think is <laughs> totally ridiculous. But
0: Well, that's probably know. a whole different rant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you bring yeah, up a good point. Because
0: yeah. so when the pandemic started and a lot of the restaurants had to sort of shut down, they were only doing takeout. There was a local restaurant that the GF and I used to frequent. Uh-huh. And we would occasionally still order food from there and I'd go pick it up. And yeah. I was still tipping the wait staff because yeah. they couldn't they couldn't work. They they right. were just sort of handing out food. Yeah. But
1: and you want I, them I, to stay in business.
0: Right. <laughs> That's the and other I, thing. I felt like, well, this this person is is missing out on money because they can't open the inside of the restaurant. So I, right. I felt bad for them and I, I kind of wanted to help them out. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll tip them. Even though they're just handing me a bag of food, Right, I'll still tip. Right. But this shit's but still yeah. going on in places. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, they get used a, to it. Go ahead. There's a, a, a sandwich shop I go to. It's husband and wife owned. They're the only two people working there. They ring it up, comes up on a screen. Do you want to tip? And I'm always thinking like, am I supposed to? Nope. But they own the shop.
1: Yeah. I was always told if they're the owners, you don't tip the owner. They're already
0: making their profit. But they have a tip jar on the counter, too. And I saw cash in (laughs) it. And I'm like, why why are we tipping the owners? Like, I'm already giving them my business. I'm already paying for the sandwiches. I'm sure they're making a profit on that. That's interesting in business.
1: No, if they had a wait staff, that's different. But if they're the owners, you're not supposed to have to tip them. Right.
0: I just feel like a lot of places now, are it's like expected – yeah. And I don't really understand a lot of it what what you're tipping for. What are you getting out of it? You go to Starbucks, they're supposed to make the coffee a certain way. Right. If you go to uh Subway, they're supposed to make yeah. the sandwiches a certain way.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. Now, I wouldn't unless they're throwing some extra
0: stuff on there. But yeah, no. you know, they're not doing no. it. Come on. If I go
1: and I'm picking yeah. the food up, I'm not tipping. And if I'm standing in line at Chipotle and, and I'm buying my food, I'm not tipping. Are they but, asking for tips too now? I don't know. I haven't been there in a long time, but I'm just saying, you know, if yeah. I go to like Subway or something or or some other sandwich shop and I'm standing there and picking up my food, yeah, well, I'm not going to tip. Even I don't care if they're demanding it, if they're like, well, you know, where's my tip? Yeah. Your tip is get a better job. <laughs> you know? Go back to school. That's my tip for you. But um,
0: I feel yeah. like you should tip for a the people going above and beyond yeah uh, i agree and right. and basically like i said there's certain jobs where it's sort of understood that they're not getting paid a large amount and they're working hard you know yeah like you said wait staff cleaning staff uh yeah parking valets you know you kind of t- tipping them i mean also so you don't want them going to your glove compartment or whatever looking <laughs> for, for loose change <laughs> yeah so, i anyway, got a tip that,
1: story i got a tip in story all right what is it okay so Way back when I lived in Colorado, we used to go to the Village Inn all the time. And um, what happened was we went there one time and ordered, um, my daughter and I went and we ordered this, we used to order the same breakfast every time. And the uh, waiter, Manuel, remembered us. So as soon as we came in and sat down, he said, um, you know, so you want the usual. And we'd only been there, like, waited on him like once or twice but he brought us the food quickly. It was hot. It was exactly what I ordered because I'm picky. And, um, I was like, this is great. So I left him a nice tip. I left him a really nice tip. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the next time I go in and he sees us standing at the door, even though there's a line, he goes over and he says something to the host so the host comes up to me and meanwhile i see manuel clearing off one of the tables he's like get in, out of here in this section
0: and <laughs> well, i um, thought you could tell me he's kicking somebody out, like, didn't all kick right, you're done. out.
1: but the, the host comes over and says to me um come on manuel's got a table for you so we walk right past everybody else and from then on as soon as i showed up he had our food you know like within seconds practically the food yeah. was on the table nice and hot I always tipped him really, really well. And he always made sure as soon as he saw me, I was getting a table. So no matter how many people were waiting, but sometimes tipping's good, you know, especially if you, you know, if you no, find I a mean, good person that's waiting, you know, that's a waiter.
0: In those instances, yeah, definitely. Um, it was there was it. one there yeah. was one where uh, GF and I like <laughs> the way I keep calling her GF. Yeah, I keep uh, thinking. Who's GF? Go ahead. GF, girlfriend. Yeah,
1: GF, I know, uh, G- I know.
0: GF and I, yeah, there was there was one waiter like that who uh, he knew that I liked my margarita really strong. He knew that she liked her wine like up to the top of the glass. Um, <laughs> so he made sure of those. But unfortunately, yeah. he didn't stick her huh? out very long. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's so sad. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I always hate it when you, you go to a restaurant and you're used to things a certain way and you have – a waiter or waitress that knows what you like and they make sure you get it and then you go there and they're no longer there you're like oh crap i gotta deal with a new person yeah. now
0: well a lot of times it's because they just they're not making enough money they they're, they're not a business there anymore i think he went on to applebee's or something oh. um and then i don't know when the pandemic hit you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and food service yeah. so yeah but it's like are we supposed to are we, are we supposed to tip our mechanics Get your car worked on, and you're supposed to be like, no. "Hey, listen, here's an extra twenty for the mechanic." area. you know. Yeah, no, no, you're already you're already overpaying for all that shit, right? Yeah. Oh, and you
1: know what I hate? I hate the people who brag, like when they go up to the waiter or waitress and they say, "Take care of us really good because I'm a good tipper." Those are usually the worst tippers too. Do I'm people
0: a good really tipper. Say that they do. <laughs> I'm a good okay. tipper.
1: I've heard them say that, and then. Uh, you know, I look at the waiter or waitress's face and I could just tell they're like, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> you know, there was one. I mean, this is years ago, but I was on a date and um, the waitress was like kind of like being like snarky to me. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm the one paying. Yeah. Like like she she was kind of like throwing like little jabs at me to like uh-huh. make, make my date laugh. Like, uh-huh. you know, oh. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, when it's going to be leaving a tip. Like, yeah. I not understand that.
1: Hey, one time I took my kid, one of the sons to get a haircut. Okay. And I wanted it cut short, short, short. His hair grew like really quickly. So we go in and I tell the, the hairdresser, okay, I want it really short. So just practically buzz cut it. Okay. So I go sit down and I look over there and she's got the scissor out and she's trimming it and I'm like, what's going on? She says, oh no, he didn't want it that short. So I said, "Well, I'm paying. I want it short." So I go back yeah. and sit down. She listened to him how he wanted his hair. So I didn't tip her. I was uh, pissed.
0: I don't I'm thinking,
1: blame I'm thinking, you. hey, I'm paying. I'm his mother. He was like ten at the time. I'm yeah. thinking, you're listening to him. You know, he's not. <laughs> he's not driving himself here next time. <laughs> you
0: know. Okay, this isn't really tipping, but remember our uncle who used to give a guy a dollar every day when he on his way. to the, Oh yeah. Uh, oh
1: yeah. Yeah, I uh, and he'd
0: see this, the, the homeless guy standing there by the uh, entrance to the subway, and he'd give him yep. a dollar. Yep. And then it was like a Thursday, and he was like, oh, uh, by the way, tomorrow I'm not going to be here because I am uh, I got the day off of work. And the guy, the homeless guy was like, so you want to give me $2 today?
1: I thought you were going to tell the story where he, – he told me a story where he used to tip this other guy a dollar every day until one day – he saw the guy with those dollar scratch off tickets. Scratching them off.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he that. He saw one. the guy
1: scratching them off. So he got mad. And he figured, hey, I'm not gonna waste my dollars. So he goes and buys scratch off tickets. I'll just buy the scratch off tickets. If I get money, I'll give him some money.
0: So that's I what he if it did. Was the he same stopped... guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he stopped giving the guy money. He started just buying the scratch off tickets himself. But, you know, that guy could have found those tickets. He doesn't know.
0: Yeah, Who finds scratch-off tickets that haven't already been scratched off, though?
1: Okay, well, that's true. But, you know, your uncle was a dick.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about the same uncle, but okay. Yeah, I
1: think we were. I think we were.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's it for my <laughs> anyway. rants. Yeah. Um. So let's wrap this one up and call it a day. Okay sounds good all right thank you for listening to dumb stupid talking with me lucas shay and my sister and co-host oh devon shay that's <laughs> <laughs> your cue damn it
1: i know sorry almost missed it
0: <laughs> okay. okay all right let's wrap it up